0: Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast where we explore the pressing issues and transformative ideas shaping the future of education. I'm your host, Kevin Hogan, and today we have the privilege of diving into what is probably the most crucial topic for students as we emerge from the pandemic, and we look at the ways schools teach and learn. It's about the future of social-emotional learning, or SEL. Joining me is Sani Thadani. He's the CEO of Robin, a company that provides a social and emotional learning solution that uses technology to connect students and teachers with world-class mental health coaches, in addition to evidence-based curricula, to build the skills necessary to thrive when faced with life's challenges. One interesting aspect to the Robin solution leads with extending resources to frontline members of the school community first. This includes bus drivers, cafeteria workers, and sanitation staff. Their research has shown, especially in the past three years, that mental wellness coaching for this population significantly boosts outcomes in violence and self-harm prevention and is most effective in combating the great loneliness epidemic currently plaguing kids and adults alike. Have a listen. Okay, Sonny's. thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gavin. I'm so excited to be here with you. You know, the topic du jour here is one that has been really at the top of the list of many of the topics that I've been covering during the pandemic. Social emotional learning was a phrase that has always been around in my experience for, for a long time, but it was always very kind of theoretical, right? I mean, it was always kind of always felt a little fuzzy to me, to like, how are you applying social emotional learning into a classroom in the real world day to day? We get March 2020. We all suffer through this uh, tremendous group trauma. And now it seems that there's an understanding that social emotional learning is front and center for before you can do anything else. Maybe we could start up and you could talk a little bit about the history of your experience with social emotional learning. I know it goes further back and talk maybe about some of the differences in how it has evolved or even ascended during the last three years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, Kevin. And for me, you know, what's unique, uh, I did not come from a background in mental health or in education. So a lot of this is newer to me. I've experienced my own set of challenges in my life, uh, like we all do. And that brought me to the seat uh, I'm in today. Quite frankly, a lot of inspiration from people like my mother and family, and an individual named Mark Barden, who was a co-founder of a nonprofit out of Connecticut called Sandy Hook Promise. Uh, unfortunately, known for the tragic shooting 10 plus years ago, he lost his son that day. And as a volunteer, a Promise leader, and now a board member, uh, I've learned so much about mental health through them and the support that they do for their schools and. As I talk to educators and principals and superintendents and students, I think the the idea and concept of SEL has been here for decades, right? Uh, And it's shown itself in, in different ways. You know, for me as a high school student in the 1990s, this was not front and center at all. Quite frankly, I don't remember a thing about social emotional learning. I remember my guidance counselor, who was wonderful helping with college applications, and maybe if I needed someone to talk. But again, I don't remember that being a thing. Um, nowadays, it is front and center, but it does take different shapes and sizes. I think post-March uh, 2020, it is on everybody's mind. And I think everybody knows how important it is and how to, uh, that we need to address it. But I'm not sure everybody knows on how to address it just yet. And I think there are some unbelievable foundations and nonprofits and companies trying to solve this problem, including Robert, and doing a a heck of a job across the board. But I still think we're learning. And the reason I think that we're still learning, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I live in New York City. And New York City is a very big city, one of the biggest in the world. And even in my backyard in a one-mile square radius, the needs from um, schools within the Bronx, within Manhattan, within Queens are so different. And that's because communities are facing different challenges. And I think this is one of the things about social emotional learning that we're trying to think about is how do we make it targeted, impactful, measurable for the communities that we're in today? And that's a challenge uh, because in a certain community, it could look very different because of the trauma they recently faced, or maybe in another district, they haven't received the trauma. They are going through a different type of challenge in their school community life. And something that we do at Robin around SEL and mental well-being is listen. Let's not sell or service a school and sell them something, quote, unquote, off the shelf until we listen to see what's happening in their district, to see if we have the right solution for them. And I think that's one thing you know I encourage everybody to listen and learn around what is happening in these different school districts around the country.
0: Well, maybe you could get a little bit into the uh, the nitty gritty of the solution that you, that you're offering to schools. I mean, how does it manifest itself in the kind of the day to day existence for teachers, administrators? One thing I I, I found interesting in in, in reading up on, on Robin is your your focus on frontline workers. So that it's really kind of not just the teacher, but it's everybody who is encountering a kid during the course of a school day, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it didn't dawn on me at first, you know, we started putting together our product for the students and wanted to address that. I'm, I'm a father of three myself, right? I think about my kids and their uh, emotional well-being all the time. But as I started thinking about it, I thought to myself, wait a minute, when I even da- drop my daughter at the bus in, in the morning, who's the first person sh- she sees every day, the bus driver, he sets the tone. In my case, he opens the, the bus and smiles and is excited to welcome my daughter onto that bus. The cafeteria worker is creating that safe and friendly environment for our kids to take a break from sports and academics. So it's not just the educators or the administrators. It's all, uh, it's everybody in that ecosystem, including parents. And as we think about being impactful and being measurable, I think we have to think about the adults in our kids' lives and maybe even support them first to see what they're going through and help them so they can help our students. And it's a realization that I've been coming to for the past couple of years with the help of our customers. We presented all these conferences. We talked to school leaders all the time, and they have come to us out in the schools and said, what you're doing for the students is wonderful, but how can you help us? And when you hear that question from a school, it really, it weighs on you because you know that you're doing something impactful and they're asking for something more and they're asking something for themselves. So I'm so proud to service those schools and to help those adults because part of the Robin program is not only integrating the school community, but it's also marrying the two things in our life that potentially are most relevant, right? Technology is everywhere and anywhere, especially these days. And I think something that we lost on the upside, especially during the past couple of years is connection, the human connection. And as much as I like this, Kevin, over Zoom and, and things that we do, Wouldn't it be great to just meet person again and, and connect. And I think what students have told us that it's great learning our, through our online curriculum and watching these asynchronous videos and learning lessons, but reinforcing those messages. When our coach comes to your school and shares his or her her story with you. So if you want to learn about resiliency and grit and mindfulness, all these buzzwords we're hearing today. What if someone actually showed you and shared with you their story of how they went through something? To me, that is the impact coupled with the consistency of our online curriculum that's really going to make the long-term impact.
0: Yeah. Now you're mentioning New York City, and the, <clears throat> the first thing I always think about is my question of scale, <laughs> right? You maybe you have you know say a private school or a smaller school district where you're talking about a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand students. And then you have New York City. <laughs> How are you able to scale these solutions to larger school districts around the country? Yeah, and I think you asked the right question. Even in our backyard
1: and where i have rooted and based now, where I'm raising my family, is really where we started. And we're starting to grow our presence here in New York City. And part of it is, again, we've done a lot of listening to our customers. We've done a lot of data gathering and assessing. Many school systems, there's wonderful, wonderful assessments that there are out there. And if you start to gather the data, even though there are some certain nuances, there's a lot of challenges that people are going through that are the exact same. And one of the key problems that Robin is addressing is frankly the loneliness epidemic and bringing that level of connection into schools. And connection can be met through certainly the coach and the small group share But if we think about the loneliness epidemic and what it's creating right now, we have created a platform through our curriculum that is very targeted, that is very specific, that is teaching kids how to reconnect with their peers, their parents, their educators, everybody in their ecosystem. And that allows us to touch so many different school communities around the country at once. Now, coupled with that, you have our coaching program, right? and we have about 50 coaches, it's not 150 or 550 just yet. But having that ecosystem and empowering the educator to tell us what they need and when they need it, and then leveraging technology to make it efficient, cost effective, and frankly, fast is allowing us to now service from one to five to almost 100 schools in our own backyard over the past uh, year, a year and a half.
0: And each school, it's Getting a kind of like a bespoke service. I mean, in terms of that, the individual needs, or is it kind of a a, a package according to school size or demographics, or how's that work?
1: Yeah, after hearing the real needs of the school, uh, we uh, have different types of packages based on the size of the school, and then you know, elementary, middle, and high school. A lot of our curriculum and, curriculum is grade band aligned, but as we think about what the schools need at this time, it's a combination of access to the online curriculum k through 12 depending on what school school bands it is number two professional development and educator and staff coaching again making sure the school adults feel supported every step of the way and then student coaching and our strong belief is it's not just one component that's going to work if i just sell you a software program without the other elements we're not going to see the outcomes that we are promising our customers If I'm just coming in to do a one-off assembly or a one-off professional development session, great, you might get to know Robin that way, but we're not creating a sustainable, impactful solution. We all talk about measurable outcomes, right? How do we increase mental health and mental well-being? Well, to every school, that can mean many, many different things. For us at Robin, when we go talk to a school, that means we're going to improve the level of connectedness in your school system. And the way we do that is by giving you a 20 question assessment on connection developed by these famous child psychiatrists many decades ago. We use a 20 question survey based on a Likert scale one through seven to measure that. And then we do it again at the middle, at the end of the school year to show the increase that hopefully we are creating for that school community. And I'm proud to say we're seeing on average an increase of at least 25% in the schools that implement that Robin Eagle program. Uh, and I think it is important. We talk about this internally. Teachers and and parents are busier than ever. We're not looking to take over a day, a week, a month. We're looking to take three to five minutes, right? These sort of micro lessons that will start to build habits and start to build a school culture of SEL being implemented daily, weekly, or monthly.
0: How about when you look at school leaders now? We've just emerged from this pandemic. It, came out of this emergency mode and as we mentioned you know there is at least we can assume a universal understanding of the importance of social emotional learning what would you say to our readers and to our listeners who are looking to either expand those services or improve those services what would be some of the first steps you would suggest that they take
1: yeah is for the leaders that uh, superintendents and uh, principals I would say, and and most of them are are, are doing this, at least the the ones that we're talking to, is talk to your community, loop in the parents, loop in the leaders and the, the teachers, the staff to see what the need is. They are boots on the ground, right? When we create our products and services, it is all driven by what the customer is telling us. It's not what my gut or instinct says. I am using real hard data and customer feedback to create our products. We were recently, this, this past weekend, we were at the con Fellowship Conference uh, here in New York City, a group of principals around the country, some of the best leaders. And as I asked them and frankly peppered them with some questions, uh, again, different needs across the board, but a lot of them were saying, hey, what do we do about some of the recruiting challenges of educators and staff and the retention, right? We can all know that sure money you can you could certainly pay people more to retain them. That's certainly one thing. But a, a lot of districts are handcuffed with certain uh, limitations. But to retain and to keep people, how about supporting their mental well being, their professional growth, not just to check the box that I'm doing something, and the school board knows that we're checking the box for mental health, but we're actually investing and reinvesting in those, in those educators. The second and again advice from uh, from school leaders, uh, not my own, is. Students, take some student leaders, maybe it's the president of the debate club or student council or or those that wanna participate more and see what's happening from their perspective. I see a lot of young men and women today, middle school, and high school, that are open and actively talking about this because guess what? They might've lost a friend. They might be scared about the next school shooting or next school event that's happening. And it's on their mind frankly, more than some of the adults uh, out there in school communities right now. How about asking them what they need? And for a company like Robin, we offer tier one and tier two solutions. Some of the school systems might need clinicians and and more support from psychologists and social workers. We can help them and refer uh, them to some of our partners out there, but that's not what we offer. But we want to be that ecosystem of listening to those school leaders and changing the narrative and being more proactive we talk about being preventative. I don't know what uh, kids are going to face in the next 5, 10, 15 years. I could guess and I have some ideas, but I do know if we prepare them with the skill sets needed, they're going to be better off facing those significant and different challenges over the next couple of decades.
0: Yeah. And I knew the uh, the toughest part of my job with this conversation would be to end it. I mean there's there's so many different aspects that we could dive into for for a long time, but Maybe I'll wrap up by kind of asking you, you know, we just spoke a lot about the past three years. Let's let's look forward to the next three years. Maybe have our glass half full here and and talk a, a little bit about as schools continue to kind of come out of the pandemic and, and regain some sense of normalcy, whatever that is. Where would you like to see not only Robin, but kind of the, the state of play of social emotional learning uh, progress over the, the next several months?
1: yeah and and even the next couple of years and and regardless of what's on robin's roadmap and the opportunity in front of us across the board i like to see more mental wellness and well-being solutions offered to uh, educators and staff um we're all thinking about our students but i think it's extremely important to support those helping our students and and, and at scale um i think that's something that a lot of superintendents and uh, district leaders and school leaders are thinking about but understanding how best to to implement number two uh, you know we talk about measuring and, and assessing and i think with the polarization happening right now in social emotional learning specifically amongst many other topics we're not looking as an industry to uh, analyze and, and and diagnose students and or the adults there we're looking to understand where people are and see how we can help and make those measurable impacts for them. I think that's really critical uh, to look at that. My hope over the next three, five, seven, ten years, things like connectedness, grit, resiliency, there are scores, there are ways to measure these skill sets. That that is going to be a part of future college applications when they look at GPA or ACT and SAT. I think there will be these other skill sets that they start to measure at scale. And document. So, whether it's universities, higher degree programs out there, and certainly jobs, right? Look at many of the jobs in this country, many of them, beyond just your resume, the reason they call you for the interview and want to get to know you is to see your social and emotional skill sets on display. And the only way, the, the best way to develop that is to actually practice, right? Practice just like you would in sports. You practice free throws, or you're going to be a better free throw shooter. I say this all the time to schools, and, and it's fun shooting free throws in practice. I was a basketball player, a decent free throw shooter, but I, I practice, And now I'm practicing. I'm 43 today, and it's only uh, this year. It's only a couple years now where I've started to really develop some of the skills and practice them and get better and better. And I'm a long way from being an expert, but I'm starting my journey. And I wish I started my journey back in elementary school. Uh, and I think those students today who are going to start and consistently have programs, whether it's Robin or anyone else out there, to see that growth over time is unbelievable. And it actually, I'm very optimistic about the future of education and the opportunity we have right now.
0: Well, that's great. Well, Sonny, thank you so much for your time and for your insights. I appreciate the work that you're doing. It's It's hugely important, obviously, for our kids. And I wish you luck going forward. And that about wraps up this episode. Be sure to follow Innovations in Education wherever you find your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe to our newsletter, which serves as an executive summary to all the hot topics when it comes to education technology. You can find that at eschoolnews.com. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan, and thanks for listening.